Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bishalach. Parshas Bishalach is Shabbos Shira, the Shabbos on which we read from the Torah the song which B'nai Yisrael sang immediately after their crossing the Yamsuf. Wow! And in this week's parsha, we can very well understand that last week in Parsha's bow, the Jewish people left Egypt. And in this week's parsha, Egypt left the Jewish people. What does that mean? It means that the refrain of the parsha, of the Shira, is Oshira Lashem Kigo Ga'a, right? Hashem greatly exalted, sus What are we talking about, the horse? So the horse, as we know, from the fact that the Torah in Parshas Shoftim warns and says that the king is not to have too many horses, lest he return the people to Mitzrayim, because Mitzrayim prided themselves in their raising of special steeds and special horses representing the culture, be it the armament and whatever Mitzrayim stood for. So therefore, now at the Yam, Sus Verochbo, the horse and its rider, Ramab Bayam, HaKadosh Baruch, who threw into the sea, the Egypt was taken out of the Jewish people. According to the Chinuch, there is one mitzvah in Parshas Bishalach, uh, which happens to be a mitzvah losase, a restrictive mitzvah, namely tchumin, that one is not to literally walk beyond their makom on Shabbos. We find at the end of the parsha, Vayovo Amolek, and before that, wow, the miracle of the man, which was given to B'nai Yisrael, um, Baruch Hashem, to sustain them for their 40 years in the desert. I'd like to focus on one verse in this week's parsha, and that is the last verse in... Okay, whereby the Torah tells us that after Kriyas Yamsuf, we experience Mora. What happens? Vayasa Moshe es ha'am. What does that mean? That Moshe had to literally, forgive me, force the people. Vayasa Moshe es Yisrael mi Yamsuf. Right? What does that mean, Vayasa? So, the rabbis tell us that B'nai Yisrael were so caught up with the Biza of Mitzrayim, the wealth that they were able to collect from how the Egyptians bedecked the chariots and their horses with all their riches and ornaments, says Rashi, he Sion Balkorcham, he caused them to um, literally move on 
almost against their will because they were busy, busy taking the goodies and the wealth of Egypt. And Rashi tells us, Ugdola hoisa bizas hayam mi bizas mitzrayim. That which they accumulated and gathered the riches of Egypt at the Yam was even greater than what they took out when they left Egypt, where the Torah says, Vayinatzlu es Mitzrayim. Amazing, okay? And then what happens? The Torah tells us they come to a place which is named Mora. Why? Bitter. Because the waters there are bitter. The people complain, Oyayay, what are we to drink? And Hashem shows Moshe a miracle, namely, the waters are bitter. Take a tree, which happens to be bitter, and throw the bitter tree into the bitter waters, and vayim hamayim. There, the waters then became sweetened. Ah, now, what happened? Bnei Yisrael were caught up in Olam Hazeh, in this worldliness. Wow, look at the riches that they are getting. And then they immediately were given a crash course at Mora. That they went three days. Three days after having these riches, and all of a sudden there is a vailonu'am. The people are complaining. Why are they complaining? There's an emptiness. There's namely, okay, what is my purpose and tafkid, my fulfillment in this world? And they felt this emptiness. And therefore, the Gemara in Bavakamwa teaches us that what happened at Mora is Bavakamwa 82a that Omdu Nevi'im Shebeneim, the prophets amongst the Jewish people, taught them in Mora that they should be reading the Torah every Monday, every Thursday, so that they don't go three days without the public reading of Torah. Wow! So Mora was a crash course in teaching B'nai Yisrael values. Yes, money and wealth is important, but only if it is attached to meaning and purpose, namely Torah and mitzvos, which is why the Torah tells us, Shom, Sam, Lo, Choku Mishpat, Visham There at Mara, we were given both Chok and Mishpat, some laws which we could understand, some laws which we couldn't understand. There at Mara, we were given Shabbos. There at Mara, we were given be it Kibbutz be it Paraduma, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says we were given Dinim, the various Mishpatim, the social laws governing man. At Mara, we were given law. And it's the verse that immediately follows our being at Mara that I'd like to focus this morning. At the very beginning of Hamishi, chapter 15, Pasuk 27, the Torah tells us, Vayovo'u Elima, we came to a place called Elim. And what was special about Elim? The Torah tells us, Visham, and there at Elim, 
Shtimesri Enos Mayim, there at Elim there were twelve springs of water, and Shivim Tmorim, and seventy date palms, and Vayachnusham Alamoyim. They encamp there by the water. Very nice. And the Torah tells us they go from Mora to Elim. So the Ebenezer explains it to mean that they went from where it was bitter to where the waters were sweet. Because in order to have 70 date palm trees, you need sweet water. Fine. What is the Torah telling us, and why is this so significant that it even gets an honorable mention in this week's parsha that they come to Elim with the springs of water and the 70 date palms? Well, I'd like to tell you that it's a lot more than a simple honorable mention because I'd like to take you to the beginning of Parshas Masay. And there, the Torah is reviewing with us the 42 stops that the Jewish people made as they left Egypt, going and traversing the desert in the course of their 40 years. And basically... It's a listing of one place after another. And the Torah, when it enumerates, does not tell us what happened at these places. So in Masay, <coughs> excuse me, when the Torah tells us that they were at Morah, the Torah doesn't remind us of the miracle of Morah, of the waters becoming sweet. However, the Torah does tell us that from Mora we went to Elim, Vayachanu, Vayisumi Mora. We traveled from Mora, Vayavo Elima. We come to Elim. And once again, in case you forgot from this week's parsha, Uve Elim, Shtemesre Enos Mayim, there were once again 12 springs of water and 70 daytrom trees, Vayachanu Sham. So there must be something going on regarding these springs and these um, trees. The Ramban, in his commentary on this Pasuk, tells us something very special. He quotes from the Mechilta, and there in the Mechilta he says, in the name of Rebbe Loza Hamodoi, from the day that God created this world, on that very day, He created He created twelve springs, corresponding to the twelve tribes of Israel, and seventy date palm trees. Shivim Zekenim, corresponding to the 70 elders. Now, what's going on here? Says the Sefer Som Derech. By Reb Simcha Zisel Brody, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Hebron. Something very, very sharp. What the Torah is doing is... Hashem is laying out the red carpet for B'nai Yisrael. 
Hashem is extending kavod for Am Yisrael. Hashem is extending kavod for the Zakanim. Honor for the Jewish people. Honor for the elders. Hashem, we're being told from the very beginning of creation, put these springs there, that once the Jewish people will have learned the lesson of Marah, that they must integrate Torah in their lives, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to use that expression one more time, is, red, is laying out the red carpet for them. Welcome aboard. You're now on your way towards Sinai. You're now on your way that you're going to accept the Torah. How important are you? Your acceptance of the Torah is what gives meaning, purpose, and continuity for this world. As we say in the Kiddush tonight, right before we begin, the Kiddush, and Rashi says that Hashem made a condition with the world. If Jewish people will accept the Torah, there's a purpose for the world. The world will continue. And if not, the world would have been brought to Come on, tovavo. That's it. It would have ended. So right now in this week's parsha, when you have that one verse of the twelve springs and the seventy date palms, corresponding to the importance of each tribe individually and each of the seventy zakanim, which represents the continuity of Kla Yisrael. Wow, the Torah is saying to us. Hashem is saying, I am investing in you. I see great potential in you. That's why I'm giving you this kavod. You give your children kavod because you want them to do well. You show them they're so important. A good Rebbe is one that gives kavod to his Talmudim. You guys are great. You guys have such potential. And then they're going to rise to the occasion as opposed to unfortunately, God forbid, putting them down. And that's what's happening right over here here at Elim. Wow! Hashem is showing the great potential of Kla Yisrael. It is today, one day after Tu B'Shvat. What's so special at Tu B'Shvat, as we're told in the Mishnah, that it is Rosh Hashanah Lo'ilon, according to base Hillel, the new year of the trees. So the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Yudalit, tells us that, and Rashi explains that by Tu B'Shvat, the majority of the rainfall has fallen, and the sraf, the sap, is ole. The srap, the sap rather, excuse me, goes up in the trees, which that in of itself, most of us don't have the time to think about this, is really going against, quote, nature. Nature knows that there's gravity, which things that are higher up go down. Where do you find things that are down that go up? Well, here you have it that the srap is rising in the tree. What does that mean? That we celebrated yesterday the potential of the tree. That now the tree is going to give forth its fruit. Elim is celebrating the potential of Kla Yisrael. And I just want to tell you the following. Two things. One, tonight... Let's learn one quick halacha regarding to brachos, to bishvat, and specifically tonight, when you make the hamotzi, says the machaber in chapter 167, halacha dalid, put your two hands over the challah. Hold the challah with your two hands at the time of the bracha. Why? She'yesh ben eser etzbaos 
thank God you have ten fingers, and your ten fingers correspond, says the Machaber, to the ten mitzvos which are included in the making of bread. And if you look at the Mishnah Brura in Chavdalid, he goes on to tell you what they are. That's starting with the time that the farmer plows. He doesn't plow with Shor V'chamor. And at the time that he plants, he doesn't plant Kilayim. Basically, the opportunity that our taking the beautiful bread bought in a bakery that your wife baked at home, the bottom line is we take a challah and we're able to not only koveya the su'uda, not only to remind us of the Lechem Mishnah, which is why you have two, but more important, the idea is that through Achala, we're able to realize and thank Hashem for the ten mitzvos that are included in making the Chala. Before I get there, the ability to inject spirituality into everything that we do. This is our great potential. And finally, there is that very nice minhag of leaving for the birds. The birds covered up mainly when Dustin and Aviram said, come on, take a look everybody, the man did come down on Shabbos and Moshe said it would not come down by the time they came out because Dustin and Aviram put it out it was gone because the birds ate it and people therefore, be that they put out kasha, bird food for the birds put it out this afternoon if you want to do it, but don't put it out on Shabbos because it's a mitzvah to feed your animals on Shabbos. However, animals which are not yours and are not dependent upon you, you shouldn't feed them on Shabbos or Yom Tov, which is why, number one, by Tashlech, you don't throw the bread into the river, the water, on Rosh Hashanah, you can do it before or after Rosh Hashanah, as well as feeding the birds, not on Shabbos from before. Wishing everybody a good Shabbos, wishing everybody the opportunity of rising, of realizing how much Hashem invests in us, how much potential He sees in us. We should please God be Zoche to actualize our potential. Shabbat Shalom to all.